we are starting a series entitled Hope Has Come. And before that, I would like to greet everyone a Merry Christmas. Yan. Do you feel the Christmas spirit here already? Yeah. Tap the person to your right. Sabi mo, Merry Christmas. Yan. Tap the person to your left. Sabi mo sa kanya, Happy shopping. Yeah. I know, nape-pressure po kayo to buy everything, no? During Christmas, nape-pressure tayo to do everything with the span of a few days. And that's why offices are empty by 4.30pm. Lahat po tayo lumalabas ng office thinking na walang rush, but eventually we all meet each other in the malls. Going back, we are starting a new series entitled Hope has come. Why? Because it's Christmas. It's December. This is a four-week series starting today and we will end in the last Sunday of uh, December. And by the way, we have our Christmas service on December 24 at 2 and 3.30 p.m. So please join us. We have a new, uh, new Year celebration. Christmas Eve gathering here at our main hall. So please bring your families. Why hope? Why is it that hope arrives during Christmas? Just like what our title says. Why? Is it only Christmas that really hope comes? You know, hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. All of us here in this room are still hoping for something to happen. Amen? We believe in greater things. We are still holding on to hope. Why? Because the world we live in offers false hope. The world we live in offers hope that is untrue. We all want to grasp something from hope. We all need hope. Whenever we talk about hope, I always remember this quote. It says, A man can live about 40 days without food, about 3 days without Water, about eight minutes without air, but only a few seconds without hope. And that's why the world we live in today has so many who are hopeless. And dahil pong nade-depress. And dahil pong naghahanap ng magpagkakapitan ng hope. And this is the series where we try to understand, as people of God, where do we find hope? Why is it that the coming of Jesus is also the source of hope. And that's what we will be going through for the next four weeks. And so with that, can I ask everyone to please bow down their, our heads as we pray not only for the series, but also for God to speak to us in a personal way today. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord God, that during this Christmas season, Lord, not only in our Sunday services, but also in our devotion, we will experience you in a personal way. Allow us, Lord, to see that hope that only you can offer. Allow us, Father, to be able to embrace and grasp and hold on to your word, that hope that lives in us. Thank you, Lord, that we will not look for hope somewhere else. Thank you, God, that even today, Lord, we even with my brothers and sisters' distraction from the things that needs to be done this Christmas season, I pray, Lord God, I declare and I submit to you, Lord God, today that we will focus on you and you alone. 
And as we focus on you, you will be the one to fix the things that we are worried about. You will be the one to, uh, to minister to us in the things that we are believing for. Lord, thank you for your time. Thank you, Lord, that we are entering your presence today. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going through the book of Galatians for the next four weeks. This is a, one of the very first epistles or a circular letter of the Apostle Paul. And mind you, the church in Galatia is, is consistent of several churches. It's not just one church. And during his first missionary journey, siya po ang nagplant ng church na to, together with his partner, Barnabas. They were going around. And so now, after a few years, he has heard bad news. Meron po siyang naririnig na news about the church. The church was going astray. They were believing a different gospel. They were believing uh, uh, things that people would tell them. Why? Because they were conquered by or they were infiltrated by believers who were Judaizers. Kilala niyo ba yung mga Judaizers? Yung mga kampon ni Juday? Hindi, no? The Judaizers are actually believers who are Jews. And as Jews, we know that they live before Christ, they live with the law. And now the Galatian church is a church of the Gentiles. They do not have the law when they were growing up. Their lives was about pagan worship. Their lives was about doing their thing the way they want to. And so now the Judaizers go to the church of Galatia and ito po yung sinasabi nila. Hindi pa kayo saved. Why? Because you have not done this, you have not done that. If you read a very short letter of Paul, it's only six chapters, I believe. Is it six chapters? Can you check? I know it's six chapters. When you read it, you will see a Paul who's very passionate. He's very angry that you would feel it in his letter. Why? Because he was concerned about what he thought. Hindi na ganun yung pabumuhay ng church. This is the book of Galatians. And so we're going to go through that for the next four weeks. But today, we will only go through Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. And we're going to look at also a few verses before chapter 4. It starts with... Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, it says here, I think of it this way, this is Paul, he was talking to the church, if a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. Verse 2, they have to obey the guardians until they reach whatever age their father sets. If you think about it, Paul was giving an illustration. He was relating it to how they would understand it. But for us, how do we understand what Paul was talking about? What was Paul actually talking about? He was talking about the book of the law. The guardian, he says. That it is there until the right Time. Have you heard of the book of the law? Joshua 1.8 says, uh, the, the Lord God told Joshua, Do not depart from the book of the law. Meditate on it. You remember this verse? Day and night, so that you will be made prosperous and 
successful. Paul was talking about this book of the law. The first five chapters of our Bible. It's the Torah, where we see the laws that God has given through Moses and the prophets. You know, there are so many laws. It's not only ten that we know, diba? Alam niyo naman yung ten, right? The ten commandments. What's the first commandment? Thou shalt not part in vi- Do you guys know the Ten Commandments? Honestly, for some, we forget about it, right? We know there's ten, but we don't actually memorize it by heart. But during those times, there were hundreds and hundreds of laws to follow. Judaizers was telling the Galatian church, you have to do all this so that you will be saved. You know, the law is good. The law is there for a purpose. It came from God, and so it must be good, right? When it comes from the Lord, we know it's for the good of us. Unfortunately, there is a but. The law is good, but... I'm going to tell you more about that. Last weekend, I was in uh, Victory Olongapo, and that's why I wasn't here. Gabi preached a very powerful word. And we were there, me and my wife and a few friends who helped us in ministry, Alvin and Trisha was with us. And so because our place in Subic was very far from the church, we had to travel back and forth. How many of you have been to Subic? Yeah. And how many of you know that driving in Subic is a challenge? Yes. Why? Because there are so many different laws. In Manila, the yellow light means faster. But in Subic, it's a whole different ballgame. There's no stoplight and people stop. One of the rules that I saw was this. Yeah. First stop, first go. Have you, how many of you have experienced this? How many of you have been flagged by the police? How many of you have ignored the flagging of the police? It's hard to drive in Subic, no? They have different laws. But for some reason, people comply when they're there. But as soon as they go out, Subic, ah, ah. I was tired on Saturday, and so I asked Alvin if he could drive for me. And so he said, But because, I think, was it your first time to drive around Subic? I think it was his first time. And so ako, as the one who knows the law, ganito ako, ay bro, 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 hinto ka dyan, hinto ka dyan. Full stop! Hindi pwedeng yung, alam niyo yung, ano, kunwaring stop lang. Nag-stop naman ako eh, wala. Hindi, kailangan full stop. Sabi sa loob. And so I observed myself, I was now trying to reflect how I was when he was driving. Alam niyo yung mas marami pang batas kesa dun sa actual na batas. My wife, his fiance and me were giving him instruction. So siya, let's go na. You were telling him, oh, do, 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 do. oh, stop, stop. You know, the problem with the law, for people who can comply with the law, you know what happens? We become very prideful. I know how to do that. I can fulfill that law. And the problem with people who can't fulfill the law, they feel bad. Why? I can't follow it. More than traffic rules, if you think about it today, the laws are there for good. 
But at the same time, it's very hard to fulfill all the laws. Especially when it comes to our walk with God. When you comply with all the laws, it's very hard. Why? Because there's so much. You know, even in Christmas, alam niya ba to? Even during Christmas, we have our own laws. Meron tayong laws that we abide to during Christmas. You want to know what our Christmas laws are? Thank you po. Do you want to know? Yes. Okay. Here are the top Christmas laws made by Pastor Dennis and me and Pastor Edgar. Number one law that we feel like we need to comply. Give gifts no matter what. Meron bang ganon? Yung kahit talagang walang-wala ka na, alam niyo ba yun? Yung pagkadating ng bonus mo, babayaran mo na kasi bumili ka ng iPhone 12. And so, mag-loan ka, cash to go, city bank, hello, I need your help. I need to buy gifts. And so, we buy gifts even though we know we can't afford it. Because it's Christmas, we need to give gifts. Meron ba sa inyo na pressure na nun? Kaya ako, hindi na ako nagbibigyan regalo. Hindi, hindi naman. What are the other Christmas laws? Gifts must be equal or higher value of what the person has given to you. Meron bang ganon? Ay, ito ibibigay ko sa kanya this year because last year, binigyan niya ako ng ganito. Ah, ito, bibigyan ko to ng ano lang, ng ampaw na walang laman. Kasi card lang binigay niya. The way we give gifts to others is based on how much they've given to us. It's a man-made law. What else? We need to feel the Christmas spirit. Napansin niyo, di ba, in Christmas, December 1? Na-feel niyo ba today? Honest lang, do you feel the Christmas spirit? Not all, di ba? Iba talaga, di ba, Christmas... It's like, as soon as December 1 enters, we feel like we need to have a different feeling. But unfortunately, with the things that are going on in our lives, we feel like we don't feel it. Christmas spirit. Number four, Christmas is the time to reconnect with friends and forgive enemies. Meron ba sa inyo nakarinig nun? Nako, this is the time to forgive. So, kailangan mag-forgive ako. What else? I'm gonna speed it up. For the singles, do we have single men and women here? Konti lang. Lord, pag di sila nagtaas ng kamay. For the singles, that during reunions, I need to tell my titas and titos na meron na akong plus one. Yeah. Meron ba na pe-pressure sa inyong ganon? Ah, ikaw, oh, si Aldo. Aldo, can, I, can you please stand up? Aldo is available. Yeah. Okay, napipressure na daw po siya. Yeah. I remember growing up, no, I was, I grew up a Catholic and we lived literally in front of our chapel. Parang sa amin yung chapel. Kasi gano, no? As in, ganyan, I hear the bell. And so during those times, my mom would tell me, what are you hoping for? May wish ka ba this Christmas? Di ba? Alam niyo yan? Sabi niya, magsimbang gabi ka, kompletuhin mo. Alam niyo yan? Nako, kompleto ko yun noon. Pupunta ako doon kasi nasa tapat lang. 
Tutulog lang ako doon. Why? It was just about fulfilling the requirement. What else? Eto, for people who consider themselves Christians. Meron ba? Tatlo lang po ang Christian dito. Nasa Christian church ako. Sabi dito, bawal ang Santa Claus decoration. Meron na bang ganon? Yung ako, no, we were, me and my wife, uh, we started collecting yung mga umiilaw na, what do we call that? Christmas homes. Yung mga maliliit. A Christmas village. But it's not a village because we only have one piece. No? So, loner po siya. Malayo yung bahay niya sa syudad. Anyway. And so, there was this sale in Gordos. Yan. So, pag punta ko doon, sale! Sabi ko. And we, we were just joking about it. Hindi naman kami serious ng ganito. Sabi ko, kaso yung design, ano eh, ni Santa. Paano? Biling ko ba? Sabi niya, ikaw. Ano siya eh, 250 na lang. Go! <laughs> Ang dali mag-change eh, no? Well, we know that Santa is real, right? We know that he was a real person and that the motivation of Santa was to really save children, to give them gifts. If you see the story of Santa, it's real. And so, there's nothing wrong. Wallah, iba talaga, there's nothing wrong. Young rapper. And so for us believers, when we receive a gift this Christmas, nakita nyo na, na ang rapper, si Santa, do we rant about, ano ba naman yung nagbigay sa, alam naman yan, at Christian ako, bakit yung rapper, Santa? You know, sometimes we're too focused on the loss. But what about the gift that's inside? What about the gift that when you open it, it's still Santa? Sobrana. Okay, we're in church, guys. You know, if Christmas is a time of hope, why is it that the loss that I've shared with you sometimes still gives us hopelessness? That complying with all those, that the pressure of giving and you don't have is more than actually saying, you know, I can't give this year. Why is it making us more hopeless? You know, we live in a world where we have a Santa theology. And I want you to listen to this closely. What is the Santa theology? That our lives are based on being good or bad. Being naughty or nice. That not only do we consider that relationship with that person, Santa, to be good or nice, that we will fall under a list where we are good this year or bad this year, the problem is we also treat our Heavenly Father with this lens, good or nice. What do I mean by that? That whenever we do bad, what do we do? We serve more. That whenever we fall short, when we sin, what do we do? We go to church more. That whenever we can comply with the laws that are written, we say, Lord, I will do something that will win your favor. I remember before I became a believer, I operated in the Santa theology all my life. That when I would need to borrow the car, what would I do? My mom already knows. Paghihiramin ko yung kotse pag weekend. You know how she knows? Kinarwash ko yung kotse niya. What else? Pagka 
release na ng report card, she knows. Kasi malambing ako sa kanya. You know, we try to work our way through relationships by doing good. By giving that favor, by giving that extra love, extra care. Why? Because we're going to ask for something. The Santa Theology. You know, it's not wrong to do good. It's not wrong to comply with the law, but the heart of it is the problem. Why do we do it? Is it forcing ourselves that we are better than others? You know, for the parents who are here and yung mga tito, tita, this is a good warning, the Santa Theology. You know why? Because we should not talk to our children this way. Di na kita love, di mo kinag. Love kita ngayon kasi naghugas ka ng pinggan. If you think about it, really? Do you love them less because they did not follow you? If you think about it, really? Dahil hindi ka kinis ng inaanak mo? Sabi mo, hindi na kita love. Hindi kita bibigyan ng gift. How do we motivate children? With the Santa Theology. We want them to be good. Kaya pag nakita natin mga inaanak natin, ano itsura nila? Very good. Ang cute-cute. Pero pagtalikod nun, are they still like that? We're not dealing with the heart. We're dealing with a set of rules. Why is that very important? Paul goes back to one chapter before, chapter 3. He says this, Now before faith came, we were held captives under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Paul was saying that to live with the law is a life that is imprisoned. Nakulong. We can't do anything. We are enslaved. You know, I remember my victory group leader when he uh, engaged me, Jason Law. He preached one of the weeks before. And so when, when he was getting to know me, he wanted to share the gospel to me. He asked me this question. And I think a lot of us were asked this question way back. No? If you die today, where will you go? Meron na ba nagtatanong na sa inyo nun? Diba? If you die today, where will you go? You know what I said? Sabi ko, funerary pass. You know, that question will reflect how we see God. And so my answer was, I will answer you based on how I am today. If based today, I think I will go to heaven. But if I will base it from last week, I'm sure I will go to hell. But if I base it for the first 10 years of my life, I'm sure I won't go to heaven. But if I base it from the start until that I was 21 when he asked me, I'm sure I will go to hell. You know, the question is based on how we perform in the sight of God. And some of us will make ourselves feel good whenever we base it from others. Tingin ko naman mas mabait ako sa kanya Tingin ko naman, mas pupunta siyang hell than me. Tingin ko naman, nandito ako, pero siya mas malayo. If you think about it, it's all about performance. It's all about doing good or doing right. 
But the reality and bad news is this. You want to hear the bad news? Ayaw nila, Jared. <laughs> this is the bad news. Psalms 14, verse 3. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Look at the people around you. Tignan mo lang. Do you want to know what's one thing in common of all of us here in this room? You want to know? We are all sinners. No one will be able to fulfill the law. The reality is, no one can comply with the law. No one is good, not even one. The Bible says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And this is what was Paul was emphasizing. That before Christ, the law was good, but it was not enough. I like this quote by Tim Keller. He said this, The law has the power to show us that we are not righteous, but it cannot give us the power to be righteous. What was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law was eventually to magnify man's sin. The purpose of the law for us was to show that we are sinful beings. That we are hopeless without a Savior. That no matter how many animals we kill for sacrifice, diba ganon They would kill animals, blood for sacrifice. It will never be enough. We will always fall short. And so how do we be righteous? If the law cannot make us righteous, what is righteousness? It means being right with God. Paul shares this. Uh, chapter 3, verse 24. Let me put it another way. He was emphasizing it and sharing it in so many ways. Why? Because it's important that they get it. And it's important for us to get it as well. The law was there. Uh, the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. There is good news. We are made right through God, by faith. How are we made right? Paano tayo naging tama kay Lord? It's only through Him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. Can we read this together? And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not from work so that no one can boast. It's not what you've done. It's not how we win ourselves a place in heaven. Why? We can never do that. Imagine, no? If lahat tayo can save ourselves based on what we do for the Lord, ano itsura ng heaven? Pagdating, oh, pare! Ano mo dito? Eh, donate ako ng ano eh, limang ambulance eh. Dito ako. Ikaw! Nag-donate ako ng building ng Victory Green Hills. Tinayo sa taas ng V-Mall. Kaya nandito ako. Ikaw, ba't ka nandito? Ako nagpaprint ang envelope nila. The Bible says we cannot save ourselves. It's a gift from God so that no one can boast. And so, 
Pag nakita mo yung kaibigan mong mayabang sa heaven, what does that mean? Binago siya ni Lord. Tap the person to your right. Sabihin sa kanya. Babaguhin ka ni Lord. Yeah. yeah. Tap the person to your left. Sabihin sa kanya, mas mayabang ka sa akin. Yeah. Alright. This is how we live a righteous life. By faith. True Christ. Verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. What was Paul saying? Now that you have Christ, now that Jesus is here, now that you are saved, you should shift your life from complying with the law being religious about the law, being focused on the things that you need to do to a life that is for the Lord. It, there is a shift. Why? Because tapos na yun. The old is gone. The Bible says, and the new has come. What else? As we go back to our main text, verse 4, verse 3 of chapter 4. And that's the way it was with us before Christ. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Paul was emphasizing this, that it was the past. That's the way it was. Ibig sabihin, hindi ka na ganyan. What does that mean? That's why when you read the book of Galatians, Paul actually was very passionate. In chapter 3, verse 1, he said this, You foolish Galatians! In another verse, he said this, Are you bewitched? Kinulam ka ba? Why? Why was Paul so angry and passionate? Because the way they lived their lives, God, Jesus already came, they received Him, but at the same time, they're still doing the compliance of the law. Why is Paul saying that you are fools, you are bewitched? He was saying that when you live like this, you're still under the law. Imagine, sabi niya, we are all prisoners during the time of law. But now Christ frees us because you are sons and daughters of God, why do you want to be back as prisoners? Why do you want to go back in the legalism of things? Why do you want to go back where you say, Lord, I think you will love me more if I do this. Lord, I think you will love me more if I do that for you. Lord, I will sacrifice this because I need you to love me more. You know, the loss, we do it out of our love for him. But when we forget the heart of the law, what happens? We become legalistic. We become looking at the, I, I did this, I did that, I did that. I hope you know that when you meet Christ, He will not ask you if you have complied with all the laws. You know want to know why? Because for sure, we all cannot. We'll all fall short. It's a good time for a heart check. Are we living our lives based on compliance of the law? Or are we living our lives today in grace? You want to know? Do you want to check if you're living in that extreme or you're living by grace? 
This is a question to see. What do you do when you fall short of the glory of God? Do you repent and say sorry? Or do you do things to win your approval for God? How do you respond when you sin? Do you serve more? Do you go to church more? Do you pray more? Are you more generous to people because you've done something wrong? Or do you just go back to God and say, I'm sorry? How do you respond when you fall short of His glory? Very important point I want to make today. Can we read this, all of us? Our salvation comes from what Jesus has done, not what we can do for Him. You know, sometimes you want to add, Lord, yes, namatay ka sa cross, pero dadagdagan ko pa yan para masave talaga ako. We can't add to that. Why? It's all Him. Nine out of ten religions would tell us, do this, do that, to win the favor of their God. But only us, the believers of Jesus, of what He has done on the cross, that He was raised on the third day, only through us that it was all God. Think about it. What's the only requirement for you to be saved? Is it a good scorecard? Is it good performance? For those who have experienced the love of God in a very personal way, were you at your peak when you encountered Him? Because I was at my worst when He grabbed me. I was at my deepest, darkest times of my life when He said, Anak, I will take you by the hand. We can't do or we can't win our favor from the Lord. Imagine this. Si Jesus po ang nagtawag sa atin dito. Amen? The reason why we're here, yes, somebody might have invited you, but the real reason why you're here, because Jesus has brought you here. He used people to draw you near to Him. What else? Jesus died for you. Hindi po namatay for Jesus. What else? He loved you unconditionally. He changed you. He forgave you. Did you do anything to be forgiven of all your sins? It's all God. And so what does that mean in our lives today? This is the big question. If it's all Jesus, period, to be saved is Jesus plus nothing, what does that mean in our lives? If it's all Jesus that He did everything for you, what does that mean? as we enter the Christmas season, means this, that our hope comes from Him. Where do you put your hope? In the things that you do? In your careers? If God did everything for you, seriously, if He did everything to just get you, to save you, to forgive you, to give you hope and a future, do you think the things that you're hoping for impossible, kay Lord? Where is our hope today? You know, I've read this book probably three times, and I, it's one of the favorite books I love to share with my leadership group. Abraham knows this by heart. Abraham rather knows this by heart. We always talk about this. And this book actually changed how I view my relationship with God. The book is entitled The Gospel by J.D. Greer. It's one of the pastors. 
And one of the statements that changed the way I see the law and my relationship with God is this. He said, can we read this all together? In Christ, there's nothing I can do that would make you love me more and nothing I have done that makes you love me less. When you get the heart of this statement, you will live your lives away from trying to perform. Why? He says, in Christ, there's nothing that you can do to make Him love you more. Why? He loves you fullest already. To the max. That you don't need to, Lord, ginawa ko to para sa'yo. Ha? Lord, ginawa ko to. Ha? He loves us to the fullest. And at the same time, there's nothing that we can ever do. Yes, we're not perfect. Sometimes we would sin. But at the same time, we know this, He will not love us less. Tap the person to your right. Sabihin mo sa kanya, God loves you fully. Tap the person to your left. Sabihin mo, God will not love you less. You know, when God loves us, it's to the max. And so now we follow the law as much as we can. We follow the law with that heart and saying, Lord, I will do my best to be more like you. Rather than saying, Lord, I've done this, I've done that. Because we do not live in a world where it's all about compliance when we forget the heart. You know, the law is good. But when we forget the real reason of the law, we go back to the Santa theology that I was talking about. Galatians 4, the last verse for today. But when the fullness of time had come, what does the fullness of time mean? You know, this answers the question, why did Jesus come during that time? When did Jesus come? 400 years after the book of? This is theology. Malachi, right? After the book of Malachi, 400 years. It took him 400 years after the last book in the Old Testament and then Jesus was born. The question is, why during that specific time? You want to know how God moves in His sovereign way? Okay, I'll move forward. Ayaw nila. So anyway, you want to know? This is the reason. Three reasons. Number one, during that time, uh, Alexander, as the Roman conqueror said, Empires will fall if we do not have one language. And so he taught the whole world during that, that time of the Koine Greek. What is Koine Greek? It's the basic language. It's not the deep kind of Greek language. It's a street language. So everyone was mandated to learn Koine Greek. If you think about it and if you research, Jesus actually preached in Koine Greek. Number two. During those times, they said that all roads lead to Rome. You know, Alexander made sure that all roads would lead to Rome. That's why that is the center. So they built roads that until today, that roads are the ones that they've just renovated. All roads lead to Rome. What does that mean? The Roman soldiers, the Roman Empire made sure that the barbarians would not be able to infiltrate or uh, yung mahold up kayo doon. It was stationed. So during that time when Jesus was born, all roads lead to Rome, it was safe now to travel. 
Third reason, there's what we call Pax Romana, the Roman peace. You know, when Jesus came, it was the time for him to spread the news all over the world. It was not an accident that he was born during that time. This is the sovereignty of God. How does that imply in our lives? We live in this era where Jesus has come already. Today, we can live out our lives in God's fullness of time. We don't need to live with the law. We don't need to comply with the law. There were laws that were very strict. During Sabbath, alam niyo ba to? Until today in Israel, you're not allowed to press the elevator. Alam niyo ba yon? The elevators would actually go stop in every floor during Sabbath. Why? Because they considered pressing the elevator as work. Isipin mo kung naiihi ka na tapos nasa 20th floor pa ang kondo. There were laws that we could not comply with. In the fullness of time. It means there's a shift from the past, the life under the law, the life under the guardian, and now we live in the life under Christ. And lastly, it says, when God sent His Son born of woman, born under the law. Why is it important that Paul would emphasize that Jesus was born of a woman? Why? It was actually a fulfillment of uh, a prophecy from Isaiah. You know, Isaiah, when he was sharing the Word of God, it took 700 years. That's the fullness of time until Jesus was born. And so Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. When Paul was saying she, that Jesus was born of a woman, what he's saying is that he is 100% human and also 100% God. The incarnation. When Jesus came, He lived among us. When Jesus came, He dined with us. He was also tempted. He was also given a hard time by the enemy. He also uh, did ministry. He lived. He cried. He laughed. Jesus. The Bible says, Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Why is that important in our lives today. It's this. Our hope comes from Jesus. We know this already. And at the same time, we know that He is still with us. God said He will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's why today we have the Holy Spirit in us. That's why today when we are together, what we're doing is we enter in the presence of Jesus. Do you want me to prove to you that Jesus is here with us? Every time we utter a prayer, how do we end it? There's power in the name of Jesus. Why? Because He hears us. You know, our hope comes from Jesus, not because only of what He has done in the past, but also that He's with us today. That's where we get our hope. And that's why the coming of Jesus changes lives. I hope you know that December is a time to remember that His coming is a time of hope. But it doesn't end there. 
Di tayo pwede mabuhay ng January to November na feeling natin wala si Jesus. It's a reminder, but we can live it out all throughout the year. I'm going to end with this question. Where do you get your hope this Christmas? Where have you been putting your hope? What's the answer to magiging okay ang Pasko ko kapag You know, the only solution to the hopeless cases or the hopeless situations that we have, I hope you know, it's Jesus. I'm going to end with this. This is what Nikki shared a while ago, John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He dwelt among us. He lived with us. The Word became flesh. My prayer is that we do not stop living a life of hope. And it doesn't end with us. We live our lives to reflect that hope to others. Let me bad this time of year is one of the highest rates of depression. When you don't know where to get your hope, you'll really have a hard time. When you realize that where you put your hope is not of God, it's going to be a hard time. So I'm going to end with this. I'm going to pray. And I want you to speak to God today in a personal way. If you want to go back to Him and say, Lord, I want the hope that only comes from you. Do that. With all heads bowed down and eyes closed, just talk to God today. Allow the Spirit to tell you where your hope really is. Is it on the bonus that you got? Is it on the business deal that you're waiting for? Is it the reunions? I believe the Lord wants to remind you that all those are good, but it doesn't fix the emptiness or the hopelessness that you will encounter. So with all heads bowed down and eyes closed, if that's you, just raise your hand. If you want to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I want my hope to be anchored on you. It's not about what I can do for you, Lord, but it's really about what you have done for me. Just raise your hand today so we can pray. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. I see these hands. You may put down your hands. Lord, thank you for the people who just raised their hands. Thank you, Lord God, that you're reminding them that it's only you that they can anchor their hope on. Lord, allow them to experience you in a personal level. Lord, allow them to have that grace to live by faith and to know you more through your word. Lord, reveal yourself more and more to these men and women. Allow them to hold on to who you are, to your faithfulness. Lord, you said in your word that when you say it, it will come to pass. And so, Lord, for the promises that they're waiting for, for the things that they're believing for, yes, that's good. But Lord, today, we just go back to you. Allow us to hold on to you, Lord. You said in your word, seek you first. 
and your kingdom and everything will follow. Thank you, Lord, that we can focus on you and you first. Be the anchor of our hope. Thank you, God. Can I ask everyone to stand as I close in prayer? Once again, Merry Christmas. And I hope in the coming weeks you will really experience the true meaning of the coming of Christ. But it starts with our encounter with Him today. How many of you believe that God spoke to you in a personal way today? Can we give God praise for that? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of these men and women. Allow them to be transformed by the hope that you bring in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not going to stop here. Allow them to encounter you in a very personal way on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, that they will move from glory to glory, that their hope will be stronger and stronger as they are reminded of who you are. Lord, you are a faithful God. Lord, you are a promise-keeping God. Lord, you love us so much. Thank you for this time with you, Lord God. We praise you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. See you next week. Invite your friends and family.